Hey guys, welcome back to All Bark No Dice, the Fundamentals Tabletop Talk Show. We are continuing our mini series talking to some of the authors from the upcoming Candlekeep Mysteries book from Dungeons and Dragons, releasing, I believe, tomorrow on March 16th. Today, our guest is Tony Winslow Brill. She's a super mom by day and a half dragon by night prowling the frosty reaches very frosty this time of year i expect still reaches of superior wisconsin when not moonlighting as the director of research for a mergers and acquisitions firm she works for bald man games as a project lead writer and editor thanks for coming on the show tony thanks very much for having me i'm excited so the uh as i was saying before we got started, one of the advantages we have right now based on timing is since books have come out to some people, unfortunately not to you yet, sadly, to the authors, uh, but we can talk a bit about your adventure, which is titled Xanthoria. Um, it is at it is the last adventure in Candlekeep Mysteries uh, and the highest level one. Um, I definitely want to talk about it and talk about all the interesting and sometimes frankly kind of disturbing things that uh you put into the adventure um but before we get there i do want to talk about uh sort of how we got how you got where you are today and you know some of that work that that i mentioned with 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 bald man games and i always start it's it becoming a cliche but how did you get into tabletop gaming and and D? So I've been playing D&D and doing tabletop games for a very long time. I actually first started uh, playing when I was a little kid. Mm. And my cousin, who lived across the street, um, and I were very close. Mm-hmm. And he came home. He'd be like nine or so. And uh, he came over and he's like, oh, check out this game that I found. And actually what's funny was it was Mech Warrior. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we played that for a while and then kind of, you know, checking out other things sort of somewhat, you know, in that sort of area and mm-hmm. found D&D and really liked it. And then so we kind of just focused on that. And, you know, I mean, we still do other stuff, too, but mostly uh, just took off from there. I was about 10 years old when I went to my first Gen Con. So. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I convinced my mom. Well, <laughs> I should say my mom actually was like, I heard about this thing. And it's got like the dragon stuff you like. Do you want to go check it out? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Once you go to Gen Con, I've, I've been from India. I've been going to Gen Con for a while. Um, and uh, once you go to Gen Con, it kind of is a great, it's a great kick, kick things in the kicks and kicks things in the higher gear. I found when it comes to whatever hobby you go there for. Yes. That's because it's, very high energy and it's a lot of excitement going on and mm-hmm. there's so many people and there's a lot of neat stuff to see. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember what, what, what edition it was you started with? Uh, I started with AD and D AD and D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not the first so, person I've talked to started with AD and D. Um, you know, and I sometimes forget how, just how long AD and D was around too. Um, but it, 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 that's it, very it, true. It was it, for quite a while. Yeah, but it definitely uh, it it's interesting seeing how 
I can imagine it's interesting, I should say, seeing how the game has changed, having started with, with AD&D and going up all the way through, or we are now with 5th edition. Yes. Yes, although I skipped 4th edition. I did not enjoy that as much, mm-hmm. so I stuck with 3-5. Yeah, my my group, we all, we, uh, we actually moved to uh, Pathfinder during during fourth edition because we had the yeah. same same response um so you so were you mostly a player when you as you you know got through D as you were through the with all different games you played or did you dm much or do you dm much um so when i was younger we would take turns so that nobody had to do it all the time we would <laughs> alternate Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, as I got older and did stuff, you know, it would depend. I still, um, I judged quite a bit. I still do judge quite a bit, uh, which is fun. You know, I, it's kind of a different beast online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I have to brush up on my skills on some of the virtual tabletop stuff a little bit better. Yeah. But no, I, I DM quite often and, um, you know, it's fun for me. It's for me, it's a little more tiring to do mm-hmm. it just because you have so many moving pieces, whereas mm-hmm. you're a player, you can just kind of focus. Yeah. If I if I go to a bigger, if I go to Gen Con particularly, I usually just try to be a player because mm-hmm. that's my vacation. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the other, the other cons, you know, I'll, I'll do a lot of work and judging and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, that's definitely true, and it's hard at a convention like Gen Con. Plus, it, it frees you up a little bit when you're not having to do all that stressful stuff because you're jumping between. You might, might want to try new games out. You don't have to worry about being prepped, or sometimes you're DMing for strangers, which can be stressful on its own. It's hard enough wrangling people you know. <laughs> well, exactly, because you never know who's going to sit at the table or what kind of play style they have or yeah. any of that kind of thing and you're trying to pick that up on the fly a little bit and it can be more difficult when you're uh now well where when did you transition into wanting to actually create within the the tabletop world as a, so as a writer I, of things yeah so i've done a lot of um writing for various things over the years uh besides just home day stuff mm-hmm. i actually started a little more seriously writing things for living greyhawk when okay. the before it was kind of the precursor to adventures league mm-hmm. so it was the like the three five version of it and so i did a lot of writing there uh, lots of writing interactives different modules a lot of they had things called special missions that you could do and you know um i did not um start but at that point like they didn't pay you it was real a lot more sort of informal kind of a thing yeah so (laughs) yeah actually i take it back i think i got paid 50 dollars for my first adventure and then they stopped paying altogether after that (laughs) Good. You get something out of it once at least. Right? At the time I was like, woo! I was in college. I was like, this yeah. is so cool. 50 bucks. So the DMs guild's really kind of a kind of a fantastic thing, isn't it? Oh, it's you know, awesome. <laughs> There's so much on there too of good 
stuff. Sometimes I feel like there's too much and it's hard for me to find like, you know, sort through everything because it's so much neat stuff. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. What about that? That looks fun. Yeah. It's it's hard enough keeping track of all the official stuff that try to, you know, that's cool and you want to incorporate, let alone all the sometimes, you know, even cooler, some stuff that's, that's on there. That's not, that's the DMs guild things. And um, it's something that I think that Wizards has clearly picked up on with with this with this book because um, there's a there's a lot of talent. Oh yeah, I think that DMs that's absolutely experience. true. I think they're paying good attention to you know the creativity that kind of sits around them that they may not have yet had exposure to. Yeah, and it, it's it's great they brought you know they brought back the the open license after the sort of debacle that was 4e um on that end um but having remembered how it kind of worked with with 35 where it was kind of that wild west everyone was publishing whatever and there was no sort of organized thing it's really nice having a, a hub and having there's people who are publishing independent and is a really great thriving scene of independent publishers um who aren't using necessarily the dms guild um but it's let let's let a lot of people get get in and, and get started a lot easier without and probably maybe even make some money off of it, even if it's not that much. <laughs> Depending right. on well, how well you depends. do. Some of those things can make a pretty good chunk of money. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some so. crazy bestsellers on there. And a lot of the people yeah. who are really breaking into the scene as official writers are people who are having, you know, best selling stuff. So um it's it's really, really great. When when you're DMing or or when you're writing, whether you know for an for an adventure or uh, something like that, what what kinds of is there kinds of stories that you really like to tell, or the things about D and D that you really like to bring out when you're when you're working on it? You know, it kind of depends on my mood. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but you know, sometimes I'm like I'm really into like you know a horror vibe, or sometimes I'm really into that high fantasy. Or, you know, like the hero kind of adventure sort of a thing. Um, it it kind of depends on the day and what kind of has been like floating around in my brain, yeah. if that makes any sense. So it, it changes and it's different. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes like I keep a little, I keep a notebook of like ideas, just random ideas. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it's fun to kind of peruse through there and be like, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this and you know i've been wanting to do this for a while or whatever <clears throat> yeah yeah that's uh it's good to not necessarily limit yourself then isn't it <laughs> it is actually <clears throat> and it's it's more fun to me if i write or put together something that is speaking to me at that point in time yeah and it it kind of shows the sort of diverse options that are there in within Dungeons and Dragons, the, the amount of storytelling that you can do um, as, as a, as a creator, but, you know, as, as you, as, as oh, yeah, for sure. this book proves, but you know, even just when the one person's work, you know, there's a lot of room to play. Oh yeah, for sure. It gives you a lot of, uh, it lets your creativity shine a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think. 
because it, it gives you more freedom. And if something doesn't work out the way that you think it's going to work out, that happens a lot, then you can kind of e- more easily pivot and change what's going on too. So I want to know about, so you've, you've, your work with, with bald man games hasn't, um, it's still sort of in the, in the process of, of publishing. Um, I know a lot of timing has been messed up in the past year on a lot of things. Yes. So much <laughs> stuff is messed up in the timing. But I think, but your, your working work with them is on within Moonshade Isles, I believe. Uh, yes. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about, about that? So the Moonshade Isles are a piece of the Forgotten Realms that were based off of those old Douglas, Douglas Niles books, like mm-hmm. Dark Walker on Moonshade and, and all that kind of things. And mm-hmm. these adventures, because um, Baldwin Games is a uh, preferred partner, they uh, get to do a little bit more things involving the uh, Adventures League and their um you know, creation of content. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to uh, receive and and be given permission to write adventures in that area and be the only ones who are allowed to write adventures in that area. So it's, it's fun. It's very, um, very fey heavy, very, uh, very, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, there's a lot of like, different kind of feelings and vibes and uh it's 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 a lot of fun to write for and Mm -hmm. I do other things I mean I'm not just yeah just the writer so like I I have I do a lot of work so (laughs) I I'm trilogy lead which means I put together a storyboard for various trilogies and then I write out the outlines. I hire the authors, you know, I I do a lot of that stuff. And then I help the authors as they write. I do a lot of, after they're done, then I do the editing for content and regular editing and make sure it, everything matches, or if there's a story beat that needs to be put in or taken out or it's it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) takes a lot of time to do all that stuff, especially when you're also trying to do your own stuff as well. So, yeah. I've 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 always I've asked about you know running maybe individual adventures and books and things, but how do you how do you put together like a trilogy of things? Like how do you how do you approach sort of maybe like three connected books or three connected things, um, and sort of keep that art consistent or keep those together? So I put together. I work with our um, story architect and we come up with a overarching theme for like the, the individual kind of a story sort of arc kind of a thing. And we plan out like they're going to be X amount of adventures that are inside this. And here are the big things that need to happen. And this has to happen like way far, you know, way far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, this is when everything will end. And then we try to um, sit and peruse through. Okay, so this has to happen in the beginning, in the middle and end. And then you kind of, you know, try to figure out what are the big things that have to happen with he, he and I go back and forth and say, okay, well, we need to have, you know, this is our main bad guy and this has to happen. And, you know, how do we solve this issue? And it's a lot of work up front 
Yeah. And then once we get the main stuff done, we then it's it's a little more uh, like for me, it's individual. So I'm like, OK, so in one of these adventures, I need this big thing to happen. Uh, so, you know, oh, I think that would be best to be in the middle. So then I kind of try to branch it out to, okay, so, so, you know, I'm going to use this NPC to, you know, kind of reach out to the party or be the main, uh, you know, antagonist, or, you know, this NPC is actually working for this other, you know, big bad person and nobody knows it. And so then I have to have like a main overarching theme that's going to tie those three together often using the same characters and NPCs, the same areas, sort of, you know, little bits of the information. So people feel a little more tied in and connected to the story. Cause you could do like a trilogy that really is just one individual one shots that really are very tangentially related, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's not as much fun for me. Yeah. (laughs) Now. And then, do you have that and then you hire sort of hire authors in after you have established them those beats or? Yes. So when we, when I hire an author, um, then I, I actually have already done up an outline for the adventure that they need to do uh-huh. and have broken it out into um, kind of the formatting that, you know, they, they need to use and, you know, you know, part one should have this part two should be this here's kind of what's going on here's I give them background information on everything that they need to have and then I let them kind of go at it how they they think that the best way for that those things to happen in there and you know we there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of you know writers will have a lot of questions or we try to um try to uh, often try to use somebody who might not have had a lot of writing experience, somebody new to try to mentor them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that is really fun. It's a lot more work at that point though, because instead of just sending an email back and saying, you know what, this isn't working, you know, maybe, you know, do something else. I'll sit down and we'll have like a zoom chat or, you know, do extensive emails and I'll be like, okay, so here's, here's what I don't think is working. Here's why I don't think it's working. You know, I try to make sure that they, they get the information so that they can grow and be better. Interesting. And it, I, I mean, it follows what I've experienced as a writer uh, for, with other you know publications, you know, the editorial work, it's interesting. It's just fun. The overlap, but you know, how little difference there is between tabletop publishing and other publishing. It's all kind of, similar in some ways um of course there's a lot of differences too but <laughs> oh yes and i do a lot of um private contract like separately you know on my own for uh editing and doing things like that so and so do you, kind do of all you, bleeds together so you you write and and edit sort of non-tabletop things as well i do i do i i do a lot of different things like i just uh, edited and went through um, somebody's um, biography. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of a it's the same sort of skill set, and I have an English degree. Might as well use it. Same. <laughs> same. I've done that, and I'm currently doing that. You know, after finishing up my grad school. So, uh, 
I think there's a lot of us uh, in the tabletop hobby. <laughs> kind of attracts us. Um, yeah. How, so, but that's, I mean, as a, you know, if, if you were on my writing podcast, I'd probably ask you the same thing because freelancing, right? Anything when it comes to writing and editing is, is difficult, you know, balancing it and also doing all the work, you know, tabletop work and you do it. And, but you also have uh, a day job or a, a night job as your, uh, your moonlighting job, I should say. Um, <laughs> and your, you know, other, you know, full-time job, which is being, you know, a, a parent and, and stuff. Uh, how do you, how do you juggle all that? Your bio says super mom, but I'm curious how you, how you do that. <laughs> you have to be very organized, which is kind of antithesis to like my natural brain state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, there's like posties everywhere on my desk and I keep a lot of lists and I try to, you know, balance my time because I'm a widow and my daughter is 14, but she's also at the age where it's, she's like, sometimes she's like, really like, Hey mom, let's do stuff. And other time she's like, uh, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Go away. <laughs> so, okay. You know, and things happen sometimes, you know, not too long ago, Samantha was like, what, why are you working? It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. I'm like, this is due tomorrow. Shh, don't talk to me. <laughs> gotta get it done. So, but normally that doesn't happen. And, um, my other job has a lot of flexibility because it's also project-based. Okay. So they have me do research and I, they kind of uh, use that research to determine if they're going to purchase or not various businesses and things. And then what they're going to do with them if they do decide to purchase them. And so that is very project-based, even though, you know, salaried and all that good stuff. Yeah. So it, it lets me have a little bit more um, free time a little bit, like, especially during the day mm-hmm. when like my kid is at school or she's doing schoolwork now virtually, but you know, so I try to have a regular, like a regular work schedule, you know, yeah. I'm going to work from eight to five, you know, in my office, I'm good to go. And then if I don't have as much things to do for uh, my regular job, then I'll sit down and I'll still do things and I'll be writing and stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's not yeah. easy, <laughs> but no, hey, um, you know, I'm very easy to get to- distracted too. Sometimes <laughs> like, Oh, my office faces a big window out of the street. So sometimes I'll be just sitting there and I'll be like, Oh my God, I've been staring out the window at people walking by for like an hour. <laughs> I do some real work lady. Is your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is, is your daughter into uh, tabletop games at all? D and D or anything? Uh, Samantha is not actually. Um, <laughs> and I think it's because I'm into it. I don't know. I don't know. She, it, she, she, that I think age. she finds it interesting, but it's just not something that she has um, really wanted to give a try. And I've, you know, I mean, she's tried it before, but it yeah. just doesn't seem to be her thing. She does get annoyed though, because a lot of her friends like D&D and they're like, your mom is so cool. And she's like, no, she isn't. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's about to get worse, isn't it? <laughs> Great. And I'm like, yeah, look at me. And she's like, mom, stop it. <laughs> I told her I'm the embarrassing mom, so she's going to deal with it. 
the embarrassing D&D mom. Well, there's another uh, there's another uh, a t- title if you need one for 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 something. <laughs> That's right. You should have seen the eye roll she gave when a niece of mine who lives in Arizona, we were out there for her college graduation and her and I were talking and she's like, oh, Antoni, have you ever heard of this thing called Dungeons and Dragons? It's so much fun. And I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we were talking and then my niece, Sabrina, stops and she goes, oh, Antoni, you are so cool. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I'd ever been called cool for Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm taking it. My daughter's like behind her and her eyes, I think, just rolled right back into her head. I thought she was going to like fall out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's awesome. That's great. Um, and, you know, I, it's just interesting response there and uh you know but that's the age you know maybe in a few years maybe she'll be a little less embarrassed by it but who knows uh- <laughs> well, absolutely you know if she wants to do it great i'm here to help her do it and if she doesn't that's okay too she's allowed to yeah. kind of have her own thing and do what she wants to do so there's so many things to like these days i can't even like as many things as i do <laughs> like there's i don't have time to be into some of the stuff that i'm usually into just because i don't have the time for it <laughs> Right? I'm like, God, how did I? Sometimes I'm like, God, I used to do all this. I used to read more. And how did I have time to do anything? And I feel like I was better at stuff before. And (laughs) oh my gosh. But that I think is a um, good transition, though, into the sometimes cool, sometimes uncool thing that you've done, uh, which is your (laughs) official work with Witches of the Coast um, now as part of Candlekeep Mysteries. Yes. What was it like getting getting that call from from Wizards that you know call up to the to the big league for a for a book? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty exciting. I actually got an email mm-hmm. asking if I would be interested in in doing you know working on a on a project, and they don't tell you what it is. It's all secret yeah. hush hush. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, uh, yeah, I don't care what time. You know, I was like, uh, duh. Yeah. But at first, I was like, is this like spam? Like. <laughs> It's a real email. Yeah. You're not the, you are like the third person I've talked to in this series who had that same response. <laughs> it's like, is somebody messing with me? Like, How's that work out? So, but I was very excited to, to see that and uh, get that, get that call. I was yeah. like, oh, really? And then I was really nervous, actually. <laughs> I was super nervous and I'm like, this has got to be perfect. And oh my God. And because it, it, my understanding was they reached out to a bunch of authors mm-hmm. and had everybody turn in, um, you know, outlines. And there was various stages. And as the stages went, they they um, didn't keep everybody on. They like let people go as the yeah. as the project went on. And so I was like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I was very excited when, you know, I made it all the way through and because I I think they had a a pretty big pool of talent at first. So I was like, well, I must have done something right. (laughs) Like you said, there's a huge pool of talent and I'm sure they're going to keep some of those people in the back pocket for. uh, I'm sure they will. And I I wouldn't even be surprised if they'd use the submissions in another book or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, hey, we like that. So let's do something else with it. The response to this has been crazy, you know. I'm and I'm excited excited for people to to check it out, and you know. But 
just the pre-response of people hearing about it from the little blurbs that Wizards has gotten out and things. Um, I would not be surprised if they do this again. Um, what was it like developing your adventure with with D&D, with Chris Perkins and getting it through the system that way? They were very helpful. So anytime I had a question, I could just email and be like, hey, is this okay? Is this kind of what you were, you know, uh, looking? If I had any questions, they were very helpful, very um, responsive, very, you know, exciting. Like I, we before we even started writing, we um, got an example of kind of what they were looking for, which is really helpful because kind of a nebulous, hey, put it in candle keep, go, you know, isn't <laughs> So yeah. as helpful as you might think, <laughs> but so, so having those, you know, they gave us a style guide, they gave us, you know, a bunch of different things and it was, it was kind of fun to, to do that, but it can also be really hard if somebody is not used to writing in someone else's format or, you know, kind of a theme ish, it can be difficult for some writers to make that switch. So I think that it was good for me that I had <clears throat> already written for Adventures League that mm-hmm. I was able to do that. How did the I mean obviously you 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 pitched something that then eventually turned into Xanthoria. How did did your ideas or did your concept change at all from I guess, how did they change? I would say, did it? And it's always, in any form, and always, yes, they did. But how did it change from your initial pitch to publication? Uh, it actually changed quite a bit. I, <laughs> your, your comment earlier made me laugh a little bit. It was much darker originally. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Some things they were like, oh, that's, that's you know, no. <laughs> all right, that's fine. You know, and it was an idea that I had had uh, for a long time. And I just hadn't, I thought it was, it's kind of a cool idea. And I hadn't gotten around to actually writing it. And so when they asked me about writing something in Candlekeep, I was like, I think this would be a great place to put it. Yeah. You know, so, and the, but, and I had some other real good ideas, but they wanted a a bit of a shorter, you know, space and, and yeah. shorter, not necessarily a shorter adventure, but less um, like page count, word count kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other actual ideas I had for other things would be a much longer sort mm-hmm. of ongoing kind of a thing. So that kind of fit perfectly. Um, I <laughs> I actually had more uh, tie-in with uh, Zan- originally Xanthoria and the actual uh, scribe at Candlekeep yeah. Uh, yeah. that sends you there. Uh, yeah. Originally, they were mother-daughter. Oh, that, and that'd be that, interesting. Yeah. I, I, and that um, she kind of, she didn't really realize that her, her daughter had uh, turned and, and done these things and and uh, so I, I had a whole different kind of a dynamic there, but mm-hmm. uh, that got, we, we took that out. Um, the, so originally, and this is one of the things that changed, not necessarily on my end, but um, with 
Wizards of the Coast was originally I was asked to write a 20th level adventure. Oh, wow. I don't think we've had one of those yet. Right. And so the original write-up of Xanthoria was much higher level. Yeah. And so uh, it had a little bit more, uh, it was much more difficult and things like that. But, you know, as things went, they decided to change. So it was still the highest level adventure, but it just got switched down to 16 instead of 20th. I mean, just reading through it already, I'm, I've read so few that are this high level um, in, uh, in, in D and D that it's still sometimes I'm like, Oh, those are numbers. Those are higher numbers than I'm used to seeing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. I, that, those would have been fantastic, interesting things, but it does lend itself. I think people will see that a lot of them, I think all of them have this in mind, but yours definitely does lend itself to a, bigger experience if the dm wanted it to uh considering the potential scope you know the setup of it where it's sort of across the whole sword coast and it's got kind of it's got a lot of and you have a dm if they wanted to go really off the rails and go full last of us with the with the zombies they totally could um yes (laughs) yeah so the xanthoria is as people who are listening to this will hopefully learn soon is about a mad druid and I love the concept. This is, I've never thought of this concept, but I absolutely love the idea of a druid who is trying to become a lich through fungi, uh, mushroom, a fungus plague. And it's absolutely horrifying. And, and it's, I mean, it's gross and it's creepy and it's, it's scary and it's great. But it, the thing of it is, is it's also the thing that I was mad about. <laughs> I was mad at her about is it's also really <laughs> depressing. Um, <laughs> there's a real, there's a really real tragic element to this. And I'm, I guess I want to know, and you mentioned that the story developed, you had this idea for a while, but where did this, the idea for this, for Xanthoria come from? You know, I don't, I don't even know, honestly, <laughs> like I, I've had it for a while and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if you had kind of a different take on, you know, lichdom and, you know, kind of the phylactery thing. And I actually have a couple of those ideas floating around. And this was the one that I, that I liked the most, you know, when I was thinking about stuff. So, but, you know, the whole kind of a different relationship with the undead and kind of the, the idea of the fall from grace sort of a thing. Yeah. So how did you, I don't remember where it came from, honestly, (laughs) I just, I just had it. That's somehow more concerning than if it was an actor. <laughs> <idea>. um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, what What was the what, what was the sort of feeling, the atmospheric feeling that you you wanted us to get when we're playing through or reading through this this adventure? So I wanted I wanted to to be kind of disturbing and creepy and. Uh, tie into various bits of the Forgotten Realms kind of lore, and yeah. you know, I wanted, I wanted to kind of evoke an emotional response with with this, yeah, and not just be because I think that if you do that with uh, adventures and writing, people become more invested, mm-hmm. and they they kind of get into it a little bit more if you can get those sort of visceral responses. Yeah, 
it, it's i mean the like i said it, it's if you don't like things that are that that pulsate and and drip and and burst <laughs> uh this is not the adventure for you um but i mean there's some things that i mean there's just it's 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 very it's sort of very lovecraft in a lot of ways but really the the thing that is running through it is there's also that corrupted element that you mentioned the fall from grace and the corruption of 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 nature having a druid having a druid be the the villain is is interesting and the the way that you use the the fey elements there's sort of this corrupted corruption of the fey and i'm wondering um you know why did you how did you approach sort of taking the fey and looking at this like darker side of it i mean they naturally have a darker side but but i wanted to use the seely fey and not an unseely fey mm-hmm. and it kind of bled into that idea of you know using using some of the more standard things in a different way and um, again, originally, um, I, I kind of had a different idea. And initially, I thought that, um, again, the scribe that sends you yeah. would be her mother. And that in the end, that she was the factory. That would have been so, fascinating. <laughs> yes. I think it would have been so, interesting. The, 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 the one you chose, though is uh very effective because um the character of thunderwing is very is adorable um having her you know be this sprite who's so friendly and i mean it it feels like sometimes it feels like when people write like dark versions of children's cartoons (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know the way like with 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 thunderwing the friendly sprite or what happened i was dreading the minute that you mentioned um in, in the adventure there's a, a fairy dragon named uh, uh bunny blossom bunny blossom the minute i read that the minute i saw we saw we know the bad guy had two friends thunderwing and bunny blossom and we found thunderwing and i was like oh no <laughs> what's <laughs> what happened to bunny blossom i was dreading that and um you find out and it's horrible and <laughs> um but it it's definitely the that that tragedy is really at, at the core of this and i you know um obviously it would have been a, a much more tragic thing than if it if, it would have been a different kind of tragedy i should say than if it was with the mother but um yeah how did how did you go about sort of trying to populate the the adventure you know trying to make try to get things up to because when you're dealing with the fey you have such a big range well you have a pretty big range of things you can work with i think yeah you did and um you have lots of different uh kind of options and i I had to sit and try to figure out a different way for if I wasn't going to use the mother, I had to think of a different thing. And then, so I was trying to think of like, you know, what, what kind of people would a, would a druid be hanging around with, you know, or what kind of things. And so that's where I came up with the idea of the Fae. And then I was like, Oh, that could be really cool. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just sat and tried to, you know, what kind of Fae and, and what kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's sort of a, 
you know, interesting. I, I thought it was very interesting and fun to write, yeah. even if it was kind of, uh, as you said, a little dark and sad and different things going on all over the place. So were, uh, were devils always a, a part of the adventure? Or was that something that. So it was, and it wasn't. So, uh-huh. I mean, they, 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 I had a different encounter. So I had um, more, there's, there is still some of that in there, but I had more ways and more rooms that showed like failed sort of experiments on yeah. trying to create a, a living phylactery sort of a yeah. thing. And um, well, you can cut that out if I'm not supposed to say that, but, oh, no. <laughs> um, but I had different, uh, different areas. And so one of them was, this is one of my favorite that we ended up taking out was with a, um, it had uh, it had devils and it had angels and they Ooh. she was trying to they were imprisoned in the same room and had been for a long time and so it was kind of a, a role playing encounter where they go back and forth and you find you know like different stuff like um you know maybe she had tried extracting souls from the angel and kind of fun things like that so there's they, they were on some level um, especially since. Uh, Zugmoy is involved in all this. Yeah, yeah. The, the corruptive so. element, the corruptive influence, kind of has to. It's, it's definitely helpful because it does. It's part of that tragedy there. Um, right. And then, how did you? How did you go? How did you create the this organic lich? This this lichen lich, which is, um, a really interesting new high level, uh, villain. That I think people are really going to like. I had a lot of fun with that. I actually had to email and be like, so do stat blocks count in my word count? (laughs) (laughs) I want to make a new monster. (laughs) So they were like, yes, it does. I was like, wah, wah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see what I can do. So, but I just, I thought, you know, if, if a druid fell down that path, that they would be, you know, they, they wouldn't be your typical um, undead and you know people get tired of seeing the same old kind of monsters all the time and so coming up with a little bit of a twist on it was uh exciting and interesting and it kind of fell with the theme like if if a druid was going to be corrupted how would that happen and what would that entail you know and and you know instead of the standard you know oh, they're just evil and you know why and then lean heavily into the the fungus and the lichen kind of a a thing. But like I said, originally the lich was was pretty different because it was written for 20th level. Yeah. But it, and I play tested it a couple of times and my players were they're were like, this is so mean, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's still mean, you know, at this even at 16th level, you know, they, they they're not nice. But no. <laughs> it 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 kind of does still, you know, I Candlekeep Mysteries is not necessarily meant to be played all the way through like we would a campaign book, although you totally can. Um, and so it's it's kind of a very it's a very D and D sort of throwback thing to kind of have the big big final boss of the book be a lich. <laughs> it's such a you know kind of a throwback, uh, even though you might not necessarily actually do the book like that. 
but reading through it, that's kind of how it how it ends, and it's 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 very very, and it's a very different one. Of course, the art's super cool, um, of of her and I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I uh, yeah, people are gonna love it, and I you're gonna love it, obviously, because again, it's that balance, that dark beauty of of the things that you created, the sometimes gross beauty of it definitely is captured. So, yeah, um, yeah I want to, I think we're getting about toward the end. I want to ask, um, obviously this is coming out, um, but, you know, you wrote and pup got this in like a year ago. Boom, you know, oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. And you've got... Uh, Moonshade Island Isles things coming out soon, um, and I'm curious if is there are there any other things that you're that you're working on that we should keep an eye out for in the near future? Uh, I think like you have a lot of things that you're constantly working on, but <laughs> I do, and some of them don't get as much glory as other things. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets excited about the editor. <laughs> By the way, DM Skilled, you should probably put that on there too. You know, trust me, as an editor, I will always give attention to the editors. Right, so. <laughs> Uh, it's just as much hard work in some ways <laughs> oh yeah yeah but uh, i'm doing a lot of editing i'm doing like you said moonshade stuff uh i have i'm part of a kickstarter for jeff stevens games called the pop kobold that's coming out okay um, i have uh different I'm trying to think of anything i most of the stuff right now has kind of caught up and it's just focusing mostly for now on the moon chase. I figure, cause I, f- I fell and I, I broke my leg at Thanksgiving mm. <laughs> and my ankle, I was great. Yeah, and so yeah. I, at that point I was like, I'm not going to take any new jobs and let me catch up. Cause I got to deal with, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna deal with this foot. So, but I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I'm doing much better. And so I think I'm going to um, start actively looking for some more things here very shortly. Yeah, that's great. Because I, I got lots of ideas, lots of fun stuff. So hey, maybe I'll like do some it. things. I'm thinking I also kind of would like to at some point do some things, maybe publish, you know, just on my own instead of doing collaborations or whatever else. So Yeah, I think you have people clamoring for it once they, once they check out this, this adventure um hopefully hopefully they like me hopefully they like <laughs> that's the point. people like it you know maybe maybe i'll get asked by wizards to do something again if not that's fine i'll enjoy this for what it is <laughs> so um if we want to keep track of those things or just uh you know follow you along on you know the the, the you know sort of your your life and your projects as you're going uh where can we where can we follow you online where can we find you uh you can actually find me at um usually i it, my social media is kind of all the same it's uh vorgrith v-o-r-g-r-y-t-h and I'm usually, you know, on Twitter a lot. Uh I do have an Instagram. I don't post there probably as much as I should, but <laughs> That, that one I don't know I don't I don't use that one as much but okay well we definitely I will obviously link uh link your same social media Discord is the same same username so. okay well definitely I try to keep it consistent to not confuse people <laughs> yeah well you got to keep the you know you got to keep the brain consistent make it easy to find if you need be yeah. uh 
so yeah, we will definitely keep uh, an eye out for stuff for, for from Moonjay Isles and hopefully other things that will come your way soon. Um, we will. I'll put a link down below to all of your all the socials down there to to Baldman awesome. Games, uh, and yeah, we will definitely look forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how people react to this. Uh, I'm sure you are <laughs> excited or nervous or both. Uh, both. <laughs> like I'm five. We can't stand it. I'm like running around. My daughter's like, get over it. I'm like, no. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> we will definitely, uh, we will definitely be excited, interested in seeing that. And uh, thanks again for for coming on and talking about all that, talking about your life and and your process as a writer and a, a creator. Thanks for having me. That was super. It's been super fun, actually. So, thanks again for listening to All Bark No Dice, the Fundamentals Tabletop Podcast, a part of the Fundamentals Podcast Network. We are fueled this week, as always, by Found Familiar Coffee Co. Go to Found Familiar Coffee and use the code to win fandom to get 10% off of your entire order. Happy playing. <laughs>